Doc Manson at Doc Manson DC Matthews at the DC Matthews this is the list oh the list oh the list oh what what oh the list Doc Manson at Doc Manson are you ready to rank some people oh we are going to rank all the people and we are going to rank them so so hard DC Matthews at the DC Matthews um it's always weird after a pay-per-view to oh was get there on... a, was there a pay-per-view cuz wa- you watched huh. some of it huh, weird you missed the memo that it was on at 7 but you watched some of it hmm i had a feel i had a thought though you were like yeah i i don't think i'm going to watch it and i'm like this is it this is the moment he just stops altogether. He's I mean, <clears throat> again, the only thing that's keeping me like subscribed to the WWE Network is the idea that, you know, friends, you, GQ, the Arsicist, Rachel, might come over and have a powwow once a month. Honestly, beyond that, <laughs> but, but, we, but, but we I will say... Podcast. We we do yeah. a wrestling podcast. People people like the wrestling podcast. They want us to do a wrestling podcast. They don't want us to not talk about wrestling. Well, I don't know. I, I don't really get many messages from people that I've blocked at this point. So, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He seemed incessant about it, and I I was I was all done with that conversation. Kablocked. But anyways, um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was thinking about it this morning, though, because after not utilizing my network subscription to watch that pay-per-view, I did say to myself, all right, I probably should get some value out of this. Maybe I should really commit to watching NXT or 205 Live, mm-hmm. something where I'm guaranteed to get some good action, some storyline, maybe some of those more basic storylines, which is what I crave. Uh, maybe maybe I need to just get back into those. And I know you won't do it, because you want live modern wrestling. You could literally go back to the very beginning. Every Monday, yeah. you could sit down and watch a Raw from an era you... That's the beauty of it. You could but, you No, could... that's not the beauty of it, because I've gone back and I've watched some Raws. I said to myself at one point, when the network first became a thing. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and I'm going to watch my lost years. I am going to watch the Attitude Era. WWE, WWF, whatever. I'm going to watch that, that period of time that everybody looks back on. And here, here's the secret, DC. I watched several episodes. Um, wrestling was bad then, too. Like, there wrestling- are these high points, there are these these memorable moments that happened, but the vast majority of all of those episodes, Drek. I do think you're, you're on to something, and, and Kevin Owens has said it. Wrestling is about moments, not necessarily matches, not necessarily titles, moments. We remember Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30. We remember Austin and the bedpan and Mr. Sacco. We don't remember the everything that happened on that episode of Raw. It's, no, we it's do moments. not. Yeah. People will remember Randy Orton and the screwdriver. Uh, will they? I think so. 
that was again we'll talk about this we'll we'll get into this probably more on our actual episode of DDT wrestling later this week but i think so because I, no i'll if i get into it now we're just going to have a long conversation about it i You're think right. so and really this show is the list in which we're going to look at some of those you know moments of the past in conjunction with whatever names happen to come up on the list this week and then we're going to rank them based off of those moments, aren't we, DC? We are indeed. The number is at 255. We have ranked 255 people on the list. And, I mean, in fairness, we've judged far more than 255. True. 255 are only the ones that actually made it onto the there list. Are, there are a number of them who did not make the list because we are either... Uh, unwilling or unable to speak of their credibility and place in the pantheon of wrestling. Right. I mean, I'll be honest. There's a lot of these names, especially New Japan, blind spot, that I am just completely ignorant of. And that's just the way it is. And we encourage people, if you would like to plead the case, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. No one, as of yet, has sent in a reconciliation email. Now we're still seven or eight episodes away, so I know people are just lying in wait. Oh, yes. They want to make sure those emails aren't forgotten at the end of our, our, e- our, the end of our inbox, if we, you will. We are notorious for our bad memories, at True. least when it comes to that sort of thing. I will say, I'm going to go back to one thing. You said 205 Live and NXT Wednesday nights. It's now being moved. 205 Live will now be not live on Wednesday nights leading up to NXT, which will then lead up to, at this point, it's the Mae Young Classic, but it will probably become something else. It's not a bad lineup. Except it's too long, because at that point, it's three hours of programming. Well, save Mae Young Classic for a later date. Have you no, I'd rather just not the... watch 205 Live. You could do that, too. You could do that, too. The cruiserweights are sneaking back on Raw. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Are we? Because... We're like six minutes into the show, and we haven't ranked anybody yet. So, let's get back on track. Doc Manson, could you read the top ten for us, please? I mean, I could if I was open to that page. Number (laughs) ten. The man they call Vader. Number nine. Ricky El Dragon Steamboat. Number eight. The Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. Number seven. Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Number six. Kevin Owens. Number five, the Iron Sheik. Number four, the bad guy Scott Hall. Number three, the Doctor of Thugonomics John Cena. Number two, Mr. McMahon. And our pick right now of the greatest wrestler of all time, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. It's a good list. We need a number, Doc Manson. That's your job. Give me a number and we will change the world. 151 is the first number this week to be ranked on the list. 151 brings us to a man known as Jimmy Jacobs. Okay. I uh, I guess I'll be falling back onto my catchphrase this episode. I don't know who that is. I... <clears throat> You might not know who this is. I know who he is, and I'm unfortunately going to have to say I can't rank him because I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle. But this is a guy who wrestled for a very long time, was part of the Age of the Fall, which was a stable with Tyler Black, also known as Seth Rollins. Then he went to WWE and became a writer. 
He he joined the creative team, and uh, but then got fired and is now back working as a uh, wrestler again. Got fired, according to Wikipedia, for posting a picture on Instagram with members of the Bullet Club. Yeah, I actually remember this. That happened not that long ago. No, just last year. And so now he's back. He's returned to Ring of Honor. He's wrestling for Impact now. Yeah. um, And, you know, in his past here, it looks like, you know, he... uh, he previously wrestled for Ring of Honor, but yeah, no, I, I am yeah. unfamiliar with his work. A, a five-time tag team champion with BJ Whitmer, a guy you might not know, Tyler Black, and Steve Carino. So, you know, a, a storied career, won championships all over the place. He's just one of those names that I have not ever seen him wrestle. So, Jimmy Jacobs, again, podcast at DDTWrestling.com if someone wants to plead that case, but I've got to say... I need another number. 119. 119. Brings us to... The current acting general manager of Monday Night Raw, your favorite crease in mine, Baron Corbin. I'm going to go ahead and say it. And this is probably not going to come to a surprise of anybody... Listening to this show, I don't like I, Baron Corbin. I really thought you were going to say, I don't know who that is, and just spend the entire episode pleading ignorance to Baron Corbin. Um, I, I think, c- contrary to popular belief, I actually like Constable Corbin more than I liked Baron Corbin. I think this role, uh, I won't say well, it works for him, but it's better. Before we talk too much about Constable Corbin, let's just talk about his in-ring work as Baron Corbin. Not based, good. Uh, yeah. Based on that, I would place him below the Horner line. I don't think he's a serviceable He's a hand. U.S. champion. He's a former U.S. champion. He is a former Andre the Giant Battle Royal winner. But Which we all know means a nothing. solid hand? You know, I gotta say no. Where is the Horner line right now? Currently is... at two hundred and four. Part of me feels like is Baron Corbin one of the greatest? Well, again, is he one of the greatest two hundred wrestlers in history? All told, no. Yeah, okay, I'll go with it. You talked me into it. Didn't take much. I, I mean, looking around because I had like many notebooks and they seem to have all left me. Others. Oh, yeah, I, be, I mean. I, I could see an argument if if you wanted to try to make it for placing him above the Horner line based off of the strength of his constable run. No, because the constable run is still fairly new. And and I also think he benefits from the fact that WWE is the only thing going and is so omnipresent, if that's the right word. I don't know if that is the right word or not. But he benefits from the fact that, you know, everyone knows who he is. Tim Horner, you f- move him into modern day wrestling. What his what would his career be like? Maybe he would be a former champion again. Jeremy or somebody would have to speak on that. But I'm happy putting him below the Horner line. Um, 
but not too much further below the Horner line. Almost, yeah. and I think you, you've got it kind of highlighted there. I don't know if that's intentional or not. It's Literally not. the spot right below the Horner line. Yeah. I mean, because once you get below the Horner line, you've got names like Scott Armstrong, um, Al Perez, the other Hart brothers. Baron Corbin is better than that, but not by much. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I know I, I drew sort of a, a a line in the sand by invoking the Horner line, but just looking at the names in the area, yeah, where you currently are, I can't see going higher than the goon. My question was going to be, and the reason I'm there, and we're, we're all we're both in the same spreadsheet, which you can find on ddtwrestling.com, I believe you can still yeah. find it there, so you can keep track of the list. I'm saying to myself, if I have to pick, if I'm picking my Survivor Series team, and Baron Corbin's over here, and the goon is over here, I'm picking the goon. Me too! So, I again, I think he should be, he's either just above the line, or just below the line. Yeah. And, and I, I, think, will, I will defer mm. to you. They, they were smart, they cut his hair. Because Here's the thing. that was just ridiculous, and they made him put a shirt on to cover the crease. Jeremy, I think it was Jeremy, is going to like what I'm about to say. It's going to have to wait, perhaps, for a reconciliation show. But I'm looking at this list. I realistically see Baron Corbin currently above the Horner line. I think I see him somewhere right around 193, 195, somewhere in there. But I also think I'm starting to look at these names, and maybe it's just because I keep saying the name Tim Horner on this show. But when it comes time to reconcile, I think the Horner line needs to be raised. I think Tim Horner is now too low on this list. I feel like what we should do, since you, you pay for the WWE Network, is we should actually try to see if Tim Horner is on there at all in some form or fashion, and we should watch a Tim Horner match or two to to get an idea of actually who we're talking about. He is the most famous part of the show. We have talked, we have had serious conversations about making Tim Horner merchandise and Horner line merchandise. We should probably be more well-versed in this guy because, truthfully, if his name just came up right now, he would not be on the list at all because we don't know who he is. Oh, man. Like, I've watched one match... I believe, and it's because the only way I remember it is because Bobby Heenan said at the end, go back to your corner, little Tim Horner. Okay, so here's the thing. All that stuff that you said about trying to seek it out and watching some of his matches, uh, I agree with that. I believe that you should do that, and you're going to let me know how that goes next week. I would like to be able to like just take control of your WWE Network and be like, here, I'll find it. I'll play it for you. You just sit there. You can't make me watch. All right. What are we doing with Baron Corbin? I think I'm going to say 195 below New Jack. But above Man Mountain Rock. Yeah. That's probably fair. That's probably fair. All right, Baron Corbin. You cracked the top 200, but you're no Luther Reigns. Sir. I'm I'm ready for Constable (laughs) Reigns. That'd be pretty good. Uh, but in the meantime, let's check out number 617 from our list of names to pick. 617, 
brings us to uh, another interesting name, Hugh Morris, a.k.a. General Hugh Erection, a.k.a. Bill DeMott. Bill DeMott. Here's a guy who I feel like has had some controversy in recent years. He has had controversy in recent years, though not as, as a trainer, not as a wrestler. And that gets us to, again, another interesting place where we always have to debate does do we need to take into context whatever happened after they stopped being an active wrestler i mean and even then i think we we've we we have separated the wrestling careers of people from controversy and i think again we'll be i think that's just the way this show goes now i don't think we need to have that conversation again i think we can judge him purely based off of what he did in the ring and about the ring um, mm-hmm. as a character. So are, are you familiar at all? Because I Barely. know he... Yeah, I know he wrestled a bit for WWE, but not a lot. Um, big guy. We're talking... Let's see. who What would be a good comparison? All the guys I'm thinking of are also WCW guys who you wouldn't know. Uh, Killian Dane. He looks, he, he's that kind of size. His finisher was a moonsault. And he was a solid wrestler. Was part of the Dungeon of Doom for a while. Kind of bounced around the hardcore division in WCW. Was rebranded as General Hugh Erection. Um, or Huge, as they called it. Because they apparently couldn't pronounce Hugh. Um, led a stable. One that feuded with Lance Storm. Uh, that's what I'm watching right now in, in WCW. He's feuding with Lance Storm over the U.S. slash Canada title. I mean, I think you've, you've sort of glossed over this, but his participation in the Dungeon of Doom is probably how I am most familiar with him. Mm-hmm. As someone who has not watched a lot of WCW, I am at least aware uh, of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, was there trying to stop Hulkamania. He was there with, uh, I think he was there when the Giant was there. So, right now I'm looking at Titus O'Neil at 134. Uh, You know, not comparatively, or maybe a better comparison would be Midian at 130. Because being named General Huge Erection is kind of like having to wrestle in just a fanny pack. It's kind a of. similar kind of lot in life is, you know. So uh, it's somewhere around there. Not a bad wrestler, but nowhere near the top, kind of middle of the pack. And that's about where Hugh Morris would be as a wrestler. Do you so, think that he would be above Curtis Axel at 136? Yes. Okay. More, right. chariz- more charisma. Um at least equitable wrestling ability, if not a bit better, I would think. Uh, so yeah, I would if again if I'm picking my team, I'm going with Hugh Morris. Unless I get to pick the B team, in which case I'm picking it solely for Bo Dallas. I see. So. Okay. Well, I'm happy to place him near Midian. Perhaps he takes Midian's spot, or I'm looking at it because it goes right now. It goes Midian, the War Raiders, aka War Machine, and Scott Norton. I, you know, 
I don't know if I'd go that high. I'm again. I'm looking at the the Jazzy Gabbert Titus O'Neill one thirty three one thirty four somewhere in there. Okay. What about so one thirty four? I'm gonna say one thirty four for Hugh Morris. Poor Hugh, such bad names. Hugh All right, another number, please. All right, the next number from the men's list is five hundred and thirty. Five three zero brings us to the team of LAX. This new version of LAX, not Homicide and Hernandez, not the OG. This new version of Santana and Ortiz. I have seen them wrestle twice. I think that is two more times than I have seen them wrestle. Okay, um, I was not. Well, okay, correction. I've seen them wrestle once. And then I saw them brawl across a backstage area, uh, several backstage areas once. So, uh, yeah, not not super into them from what I saw, but I, I can't say that I'm overtly familiar with their work. I would say I'm certainly far more impressed with the OG, which is the LAX that we are familiar with. That's yes, what they're going most, by now. Most definitely. Um... These new guys, they seem competent, though. I mean, I'll give them that. Seems like they're probably a force to be reckoned with in Impact Wrestling. They're treating them like big deals. They were involved in the tag team title picture when I saw them. Hmm. They look to me. Yeah. And you can tell me if this sounds bad or not. But they look to me, if you took the Shining Stars. Okay. And they they were released from WWE and got picked up somewhere else. This is what I think they might wind up being. They remind me very much of any of those sort of middle of the road uh, barrio style people that you might see in Lucha Underground. You know what I mean? Um, I I thought they might be. I was when I first saw Santana and Ortiz. I thought it might be. Um, Whoever was running around with Big Rick, what was it, Cortez Castro and Mister Cisco or yeah, whatever I mean, their names were? I, I was yes. like, oh, that must be who I'm thinking of. It could, be, yeah. I, in my mind, I see them in a similar um, capacity. But again, I've seen way more of uh, of Mister Cisco and so forth than I have this new LAX. I want to make sure Mister Cisco's on this list. Yeah, I like Mister Cisco. So, I mean, I would say I'm looking, you know, we've got a lot of Lucha Underground talent in, like, the 170 area. And, honestly, I I would be looking somewhere in there as well. I mean, I could see as high as maybe 165. I I think they're probably better than Ted DiBiase Jr. Um, Okay. And that's, again, sort of off the strength of the fact that they actually are contending for titles in a way that Luchasaurus at 171 so has they're, never... So they're above TJP. That's, that's probably the harder sell. Maybe TJP... Maybe the real problem here is TJP needs to be a little higher on this list. I, I don't I, know. I enjoy this. And again, we'll, we'll get to a reconciliation show, but I'm, the more we talk about this list, the more I'm making little notes in my head. Like, yeah, TJP should probably be a little higher. While neither of us particularly like TJP, he should. Probably. Yeah. And so, I mean, again, with that exception, 
I, I still yeah. think I'm comfortable right above Ted DiBiase Jr. Well, 165, I will take your word for it. LAX, the team of Santana and Ortiz, the 165th greatest wrestlers of all time. Two spots below the Bollywood boys. All right. And now we're going to go ahead and slip on over to the female list. All right. 66 names currently there. And you're never going to believe the number that's come up randomly on my generator here. What is it? It is number one. Number one brings us to Serena, a.k.a. Serena Deeb. Ah, Serena. So of she the, was... Uh, of the Straight Edge Society. Yes. The and Mae she... Young Classic last year. Right. So she was in the Mae Young Classic. Did she show up in the Women's Royal Rumble? I can't remember. I believe so. Let me look. You, you yeah. Uh, let me. I'll look that up quickly. She may not have, but I feel like she did. Mm, there were a lot of women in that Royal Rumble. Let's see. So doesn't look like it. No, huh? That was a good match. Serena Deeb is a good wrestler. Um, she is. I think she's solid. I really did enjoy her work in the Straight Edge Society. I liked mm-hmm. her commitment. I liked her shaving her head. She had a different mm-hmm. look than all of the divas. And again, she had that physicality to back it up. Um, she's sort of a unique figure, certainly in that time frame uh, when that was happening, the 2010s, amongst the other females on the roster at that time. Uh, there was nobody quite like her, you know? And even thinking about it now, there's not many people like her on the current roster. I think the closest you might get is maybe like a Ruby Riot style, but but different, not even the same. Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting because right now, the, the where I'm looking, I'm looking at a member of the Riot Squad. Not Ruby Riot, because I don't think her name has come up. I'm looking at Sarah Logan. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's about, I- that's, that's, I'm just kind of eyeballing it. That's about where my eyes go. You know, we're we're talking above Liv Morgan at one thirteen. We're talking above Maya Yim at one twenty eight. Sarah Logan's currently at one oh five. You know, Rockstar Spuds in that area. Aiden English is in that area. I Would even you go see, higher? I mean, I see an argument for her. Hmm. No. Is she above the Rosie line? That's the question. Rosie's at 91. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think she she breaks that high, actually. Is she better than Amish actually obligated to mention that Amish Roadkill was Amish at 96. He was. Ah, man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling here. Yeah, I want, I want to place her higher, but I'm looking at the names, and I'm feeling like... I could go as high as 100. You know, the, the Disco Inferno is currently slotted in our 100 spot, which just makes me happy just on the, yeah. just on the face of it. I feel like Serena does deserve, um, at this point, to be a bit above Sarah Logan. I think Sarah Logan at 105 certainly has the potential to eclipse because sure. she's so early in her career. Absolutely. But, she's a, but Serena is a solid hand. She's a good wrestler. Uh, I always liked her work, so... Mm. Mm. Yeah, I just yeah. Bertha Faye's at ninety-seven, and I hesitate to go higher than that. To go at that high. Yeah, I can't but even. Wanna, I can't you even give say... me. 
you want to give me any number in between there. I actually Go think she it. belongs directly at 105 above Sarah Logan. Okay. Because even like 104 is Rockstar Spud, and obviously he's currently Drake Maverick, but he's been having such... The manager of the office. Yes, of... but but no, but he's the manager of the office of pain. He was doing the yes, 205. Yes, not a wrestler. Again, we're getting to the post... Wrestling now is that different because we're not talking about like a backstage thing. We're talking he's still an active on. This is still an of... on air character of some kind. Fair so enough. it all counts, in my opinion. I'm very happy. Serena Deeb 105 works for me. All right, flipping back to the men's list, we're going to go yes, with indeed. number four zero four. Four zero four error. Not the error thing. Yeah. It oh, is. We, we get so close. We get so close to great names because number 403 this week is Kane. Number 404 this week is Ace Steel. I don't know who that is. Neither do I. Ring of Honor sure? guy, TNA. Well, he wrestled in TNA in 2002, 2003. Wrestled as wrestled a tag team match with his former student, CM Punk, known as the Hate Breed. But I believe this is... Hmm. Okay, no, I just need to read this. All right. Um, he had a very brief stint in the Indies where he played a delusional McDonald's worker that was conflicted by whether or not The Lord of the Flies was a brilliant book or a complete mockery of human relations. Someone came in and wrote that. That is not an actual thing. That has to be made up. I don't know, man. I think that could totally be a thing. A delusional McDonald's worker that is conflicted by Lord of the Flies. I, I want to believe that is real. Yeah, I think... Uh, Despite the fact that he was trained by Finley and William Regal, which makes me just naturally want to like him, and the face he makes on his Wikipedia page makes him look like Lowell from Wings, um, I have no idea who this guy is. Unless... On the January 8th, 2007 episode of Raw, Ace Steel played Donald Trump in the match between the Donald versus Rosie O'Donnell. Trump received the win after throwing Fudgy the Whale, the beloved ice cream cake, at Rosie's face. I want to say that I remember that match. Do you actually remember that I'm match? I'm pretty sure I do remember that match. Then in which case you can rank him if you would like to. I, I don't know this guy. I want to rank him because he's got one of the more entertaining um, Wikipedia pages I've ever seen, but I don't know that I've ever seen him wrestle. It's so not going to be default... a. It's not going to be a pretty ranking. Well, we could use another name. Like I feel bad for what's his Vic Grimes way down there at the bottom. If you want to put him as the worst wrestler, right there at two sixty. No, I mean there's at least some entertainment value in the fact that, and I can remember Rosie O'Donnell being hit with Fudgy the Whale. I don't know who Vic Grimes is. I love the fact that Fudgy the Whale is getting airtime on this show. Fudgy the Whale is awesome, man. I'm going to go ahead and put him right above the Kiss Demon at 244. All right, but I'm calling him. I'm going ahead and calling him Ace Trump 
steal. And if you don't think I am going to jot down on our description of this episode that we ranked Donald Trump, you are mistaken. Now I gotta look it up. With all fairness, we didn't we didn't actually rank Donald Trump. We we ranked the wrestler build as the Donald. That's some crazy hair. That is some crazy, crazy hair. And there is a picture. If you look online, there is a picture of Fudgy the Whale being thrown. My goodness. What a world wrestling is. What a wonderful world. All right. We have ranked a steal. Uh, I will need eventually another number, but uh, let's talk a little bit for a second while uh, Doc Manson gets himself settled. Uh, let's talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash Wrestling, And you might be asking, well, why? Well, because I finally figured out how to actually log in to our Patreon page. So there's now new stuff. I've added a tier. If you want to be, you know, $5 a month, I get it. We all have different uh, financial standings. $5 a month might be a price too high to pay. So I've gone ahead and slid in a, uh, a $2 tier. If you, for just $2 a month, the price in many places of a, a bottle of soda. You can become a DDT bestie, have access to the Patreon feed. There is a color-coded spreadsheet right there. Over the weekend, I, I said to myself, self, I wonder who has held a title in WWE the longest. Out of current wrestlers, who has held a title belt the longest? Because Kofi Kingston is coming up on being the longest reigning tag team champion of all time. I think by next week, by the next episode of The List, he'll have, had a, he'll have held a tag team title for longer than any other wrestler on the planet. Uh, so I went ahead and did the math and looked up, this, ran the numbers, and so there is a spreadsheet there. You can see that. I've got another um, spreadsheet that I'll be posting uh, tomorrow, I believe, on a different topic, one that we've talked about on this show, but a different topic. So I encourage you head to uh, patreon.com slash Wrestling, throw a couple of shekels our way, and uh, there, there'll be some good stuff coming up. All right. And I guess with that, we will transition back to the list and let us go with number 210. 210 brings us to Michael Shane. Huh. You know who this is. Okay. Um, Explain to me who it is, then. This is a guy uh, trained by... I, you might know him, actually, as Matt Bentley from TNA. I think that might be the name he went the by. The Bentley Bounce? The Bentley Bounce! Yes! Ah, okay. I, know, I, do, I do vaguely remember this guy. This is a him. cousin of Shawn Michaels and was trained, I believe, by Shawn Michaels and so went by Michael Shane because, you know, I things. mean, you think he would go by Michael Shawn's? I don't know. Yeah. But yes, uh, Matt Bentley wrestled for TNA. That's when we saw him. Uh, with you know, he was teaming with Shane Douglas for a while. Then he was teaming with Kazarian. He he, you know, he didn't do a whole lot of. <laughs> Apparently, he was unable to use Michael Shane because somebody in WWE was actually named Mike Shane and trademarked his name. <laughs> oh man. Yes, 
<laughs> After a disappearance from television due to contract renegotiations, Bentley and Tracy, you remember Tracy? Tracy Burke. I Burks, do remember Tracy. Turned into fan favorites largely because of the crowd, which was doing the Bentley bounce at the time. Tracy Brooks. Is she on the list for uh, uh let's look. I believe she is. She should be. Mm, we'll have to add another name, Tracy Brooks. Like I said, I don't think Mr. Cisco's on the list either. That's the thing. Every time we think we're done, yep. more this and more names. Alright. Well, I mean I remember him being a very uh serviceable wrestler. I think he was, if I recall, kind of a a mainstay in the early days of the X Division. I felt like he was you know, maybe not the the star of that division, but no, certainly not at all. Certainly a competent member of it. Um and the Bentley bounce was so stupid that you couldn't <laughs> help but love. It's true. Um yeah, I, I don't know how... I would call him a strong hand. I would take him over the goon if I had to pick one. Um, but I don't know how much more... How much higher I'd go. You know, Matt Taven is at 170, right around that, like, LAX. We just ranked LAX. Who yep. would you rather have? Hmm. I'm going to go with the proven commodity, Matt Bentley, I think. Hmm. Would you say Matt Bentley is around Evan Bourne? Would you? I would think you... he's probably lower. All right. How about the Ascension? The Ascension is probably. Mm. We've got Crime Time, Rico, and the Ascension in what would be the greatest Survivor <laughs> Series team I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I could see him. Maybe it may no above or below the ascension somewhere there. Oh no! But then Buddy Murphy, he's been on a bit of a roll. I like Buddy Murphy now, but then again, Buddy Murphy—that's recent, and this is a conversation for another day. But what is the future hold when you're in two hundred five live? Your peak is becoming a manager in WWE. Because now we've got Drake Maverick and Leo Rush as managers. That seems to be all. Was Leo Rush wrestling in Two Hundred Five Live? Yes, very Did briefly. Did not know that. Okay. Um, I would I would pick Matt Bentley over the Ascension. Yeah, he's a two time okay. X Division champion. So I would I would put him. You know, maybe not as high as Rico because I like Rico. So one fifty seven. Yeah, let's go with 157 for Matt Bentley. Works for me. All right, Matt Bentley, a.k.a. Michael Shane, 157 on our list. And the next number will be 464. 464. Oh, it's a good day. Oh, you can't see it, but we're we're staying in TNA. We're going to Shark Boy. I like Shark Boy a lot. I like Shark Boy a lot too. I like the he's, thing where he was one he's almost as good as Curry Man. I like the part where he would run around and bite people on their butts. I loved that he suddenly decided to become Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was awesome. <laughs> really showing his range as a performer. Oh man. Shark Boy is gonna get a lot of love. If you thought Shark Boy was ridiculous, just turn off this episode now. Cause you're not gonna like what's about to happen. Cause I think Shark Boy, I don't think he's gonna make the top twenty, but uh I'd take him over Rosie. Yeah, I think so. 
And, he's uh, a much more solid worker. He's he's actually very good. He's a good luchador. Yes. I'd take him over Heidenreich. It's hard for me to say it, but yes, absolutely. So if we're looking at it now, I'm just going to throw it out there. Naomi is currently number 50. And Fandango is 49. Now we will reconcile that at some point because Fandango deserves to be lower on this list. (laughs) However, however, now some people are going to balk because Drew McIntyre's at 54 and Brian Pillman's at 52. And and honestly, Sharkboy should not be that high. No? No. Brian Pillman was a, a... in his day, on the short list of probably, like, top five wrestlers in the world at that time. Drew McIntyre, you know, again, I'm, I'm banking on a strong future, but looks primed to be a world champion. Sharkboy so is Sharkboy. However... Here's a good comparison point, though. We have R-Truth currently at 58. And mind do. you, R-Truth was a heavyweight champion in TNA. Not something that I think Shark Boy can claim. So are you saying that we okay, so we need to we we need to we need to temper it. No, I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is I feel like Shark Boy was a more integral part of TNA than R Truth ever was. Because what we need to remember is Ron Killings was NWA champion when it was NWA TNA, and they were doing weekly pay-per-views. Right. This is before TNA became what we all think of when we think of TNA. So, I could see Sharkboy at 57 above Caitlyn, or, I, I mean, I, I just don't know how you feel about these names, but I could see him at 55 above Tito Santana. That's about as high as I can go, though. I like Too Cold Scorpio, and I like Tito Santana. Do you like them more than Shark Boy? No, because he's Shark Boy. I agree. So I think he's going to slot right beneath Drew McIntyre. I think you're right. All right. The 55th greatest wrestler on our list is Shark Boy. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com if you want to yell at us. That's now, where that you do it. Now, that said... I think we might need to put a star next to Naomi because uh... we're again we're getting ahead of ourselves. Becky Lynch is currently forty-seven, and while it's been a day or ha- and a half, she has won the SmackDown Women's Title. Sorry, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched. So we'll have to look at all of these names again. This is the show that doesn't end. Yes, it goes on and on, my friend. It took us three episodes to reconcile the list the first time. Yeah. We'll add another hundred names or so before we do it again. So, yeah. 233. That would be a great new theme song. (laughs) Like, Nerd DC might need to come back just for that. uh, I wholly endorse this endeavor. 233, you said? I did, yeah. Just to be clear, 233. Yeah, 233. We're done now.
Why? This is going to be the name that ends this episode. Okay. Chris Jericho. Yeah, I was never a big Jericho fan. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he'd fit the hoarder line. Yeah, Uh, honestly. Chris Jericho, Y2J... Uh, here's here's the thing. Is, I'm, I'm, I'm I gonna believe say he is still currently the new Japan Intercontinental Champion. If the arsonist had anything to do with this show, which he doesn't, I don't even think he listens to this show. But if he did, Chris Jericho would be the new greatest wrestler of all time. How do you feel about that? I think there's a strong conversation. I think he gives Randy Savage a run for his money. Do you remember when Chris Jericho came back? And he'd been gone for a while. This wasn't when he was just randomly showing up all the time. He'd only really been back like once before for a brief sort of face run. And they really, it seemed like they just weren't sure what to do with him. So he just came back. And for weeks, weeks on end, he just came out to the ring to deliver a promo and was just silent the entire time. Do you remember that? Yes. That was no, brilliant. No one returned or made their debut quite like Chris Jericho. Like every time Chris Jericho came back, and he came back a lot, but every time it was good. I remember, now maybe this wasn't his first night back, but I remember him getting into an argument with Santino and Santino flipping out. Um, he was the save us. Yes. Where the, the you know, the there was the code or whatever that sort of thing was. Yep. Um, Remember when he came back that first time with the rhinestone jacket and the short hair after... after I mean, he's just re- reinvented his look so many times. You've got the light-up jacket. You've got the scarves. You've mm-hmm. got the long hair. You've got... I mean, you want to talk about all-time great moments. I know it's not like... It's not maybe on the level of Mr. Socko and a bedpan, but you want to talk about him being in the ring with that list uh, of a thousand and four wrestling moves, like all time, great moment, all time, great moment, the ending of the festival of friendship, all time, great, moment. all time, great moment. This man is a walking slogan machine. You know what I mean? You just made the list. Everything he, he, he touches. He like, he just, he knows he knows how to manipulate an audience. Mm-hmm. He, just like The Rock. How The Rock will come out there and say something and say, you know, they're going to be chanting, blah, 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 blah. Chris Jericho can make an audience do that. And in some ways, he's more subtle about it. Because The Rock will literally just say, why don't we chant this thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? I've never heard Jericho actually Come do on, that. everybody, on three. I feel like The Rock has done that several times. Cookie puss. Cookie puss. That's cookie puss is not something that Chris Jericho would do. This episode of the list, sponsored by Carvel Ice Cream, <laughs> Fudgy the Whale and Cookie Puss. Um, yeah, you know, and and again, even now, hasn't been in WWE for a little bit. Showed up at All In. Uh, won the IWGP Intercontinental Title. He's he's having a show on a cruise. He's having like he's How many cru- wrestlers have had a cruise? Yeah. So he's easily in the top ten, and I would say he is easily in the top five. And I'd take him over Scott Hall. I'd take him over John Cena. 
I'd take him over Mr. McMahon. Again, all-time great character, Vince McMahon. But, and then, so the question in my mind, and this is just me, where does he rank with the Macho Man? And that's a conversation that we can have because there are pros and cons to both. I do think he makes a very strong case to be the greatest wrestler on this list. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about all the great things about Macho Man. I'm thinking about how Macho Man also was a good wrestler. You know, for Mm -hmm. his day, he was a high flyer. He's got those all-time moments. We're talking Miss Elizabeth. We're talking the wedding. We're talking, uh, uh, you know, Jake the Snake and and the snake coming out of that wedding gift. I mean, we're, Mm -hmm. we're talking him as an announcer. We're talking Slim Jims. We're talking Macho Madness. You know what that's I mean? The one, that's the one thing, is the Macho Man became a cultural icon. No one, at least right now, is making a Skyrim mod for Chris Jericho. Right. Now, Jericho's an author. Jericho's done Fozzie. Well, in fairness, the Macho Man had a rap album. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, I'm going on the assumption that you know that and will counter my thing <laughs> with that. But I, didn't, I wasn't sure. But yes, sure. he did. Uh, um, but yeah, but, I don't know I mean, that Chris Jericho has, has... Jericho is a renaissance man. He, he really I, is. You're right to say that he doesn't necessarily have the same pop cultural mainstream appeal, that crossover. Yeah. But at the same time... You're right. He's done everything. He's done writing. He's done television. He's done uh, music. Yeah. So it's hard to argue that he's not a mainstream crossover. Just no, he's just not quite the, the the he doesn't quite have the brightness no. that that Macho Man burned with. Yes. And and again, let's consider it in a historical context. It was really easy in the late '80s, early '90s to become a pop culture icon when there were only X number of channels, there were no streaming services and all of that sort of stuff. Um, But having said that... Yeah. I I think he's got to be number one. He was the one name that I was like, once we hit Chris Jericho, it's going to be insanely difficult to top that. Just because that list, where he's reading the list, is a 22-ish year old event. Right. The Festival of Friendship happened in, what, 2016? Maybe 2017? So he's spanning 20 years of all-time great moments. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, you know, he's an ECW alum. Mm -hmm. He's a WCW alum. He's feuded, he's feuded with Chris Jericho. He teamed he and Jericho. feuded. I'm sorry, with Chris Benoit. He teamed and feuded with Christian. Like, yep. that's one of the greatest tag teams, maybe, of all time. Everybody likes to talk about Edge and, and Christian, but I don't know. I, I will always have a soft spot for Christian and Jericho. Mm-hmm. And, and, and their feuds against each other. Certainly, there was a time when Christian was in. Uh, TNA sort of leading over there and the talk around the water cooler at that time was when's Jericho coming when's Jericho coming and you know Jericho being the master of the tease on social media it's, it certainly seemed like it was bound to happen man yeah Russell in Japan went to Mexico 
learned learned lucha libre style in Mexico. It okay. So let's just think about this for a second. I don't remember if he ever feuded with Hulk Hogan, but he might have feuded with Austin, feuded with The Rock, feuded with Edge, feuded with John Cena, feuded with Kevin Owens. Yeah, I he had a romance with Trish Stratus. That must have happened during my lost years. That's like when you said Chris Jericho and Christian. I was like, huh? 2003. Yeah. By Again, we were watching kind of, sort of, at that time. But, man. Okay. But yeah, we got to go with He's it. the first undisputed WWF champion. He beat Steve Austin and The Rock in the same night. I'm calling it. Chris Jericho is the greatest wrestler of all time. I'm sorry, sorry Macho Vader. Man. So, sorry to everybody, but sorry, Vader. You were in the top ten for a good long while. Christopher Daniels, you're hanging on. You're at nine. You're hanging on. All right. All right. I, we That's can't it. keep going, can we? No, we can't keep going. I mean, I would like to maybe do one more female name, but yeah, I, all don't, right. think, I don't think we can. Uh, I will roll the dice if you want, though if we wind up with a name nobody's ever heard of, it's gonna it's just gonna feel anticlimactic. But Well, what is this show but anticlimactic? Give me another number. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. <laughs> uh who's Sienna? I don't know who that is. Sienna? You know who Sienna is? I know she's part of the May Young Classic. I know I will know who she is. But yes. as of this moment, I don't. Um, I'm familiar with her as a wrestler from TNA. She maybe uh, she 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 worked a lot in other independent leagues. I know she worked a long time. I haven't seen any of her work from Shine Wrestling, but I know that that's I think probably where a lot of people do know her from. Um, this is in terms of the independents. I would say one of the one of like the the all time greats in terms of female wow. wrestlers. Allison K is her more common name that you may know. That about. name sounds more familiar to yeah. me. And she's got a ten plus year career. She's been wrestling forever, and she is a very good wrestler. If I had to, if I had to sort of place her in terms of her in ring ability, we're talking someone on the level of Victoria. Oh. That's good. that's the name that's gonna pique my interest. I was a big Victoria fan. All right, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I've watched two weeks of the May Young Classic. Week one was excellent. Week two was good, but uh, there's still a lot of names that I'm looking for. So where are we talking here? Again, I'm just gonna throw it out. Tessa Blanchard at 77, higher, lower. I'm gonna go higher. She's she's done a okay. lot all over the world. She's had a long career. Emma. Yeah, I think she's higher than Emma. Wow, okay. Naomi. Clearly we're going higher, but let's... I think so. But, all right, so Naomi is 51, Christy Hemi is 54, Becky Lynch is 48. I have trouble, in theory, going higher than Becky Lynch, but I think that's because Becky Lynch needs to be higher on this list now um, due to recent events. So that said, though, but then, are saying, honestly, though... Are you saying we need to reconcile this list before we get to episode 30? 
Mm, no. I'm just saying that I'm making decisions now based off of reconciliations yet to occur. Um, but even then, like, I'm looking at Molly Holly at 46, and, I, and I'm starting to get hard-pressed to go much higher than that, I think. Um, we're talking about I Lance would, Storm at 44. I, I would pose, and you can agree or disagree, we want to get Fandango out of the top 50. I would say we put Sienna in at 50, and once we reconcile, we can kind of adjust. But that's up to you. If you, if you think we should go higher, we can go higher. No, I think that's a good showing for Sienna. I, I think... For, now, again, I am not the be-all, end-all by any means, but if you can crack the top 50 of the list and I've never watched you wrestle, that is, that is high praise heaped on you by Doc Manson, someone who demands more praise. That's true. I do. Uh, and so that does bring us to the end of this episode of The List. We're at 264. Wow. 264 names. Uh, and what an episode. We ranked Constable Corbin. How can you top that? Well, you could rank Chris Jericho, I suppose. Oh, yeah, that would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would so... do it. Now, let me ask you a quick question okay. as we wrap up. Part of me wants to, you know, I usually, when I write the descriptions for these episodes, I usually say, um, you know, we have a new number one wrestler of all time. Want to know who it is to, you know, listen and find out. But at the same time, I kind of want to billboard this because it's Chris Jericho. What, what, would your, what would your advice be as you swing back and forth in your chair showing off your chiseled physique? Yeah, that's what I have. You're looking svelte, I gotta tell you. I'm just saying. This this whole not being able to eat anything thing is working out great for you. Isn't it? Um, I don't know. I, I, go with your best judgment, DC. All right. Because Lord I'll, knows I'll, I'm not going to advertise this show on Twitter. I, hey, it's working. I feel like it's working. I could be totally wrong. I've just retweeted um, whatever you uh, tag me on, so, you know. I, Thanks. I appreciate that. Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? You can follow me on Twitter at Doc Manson. You can follow him on Twitter at the DC Matthews. You can send us an email. We talked a lot about reconciling things tonight. If you've got thoughts on that, send it on over to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can see all of our episodes over at ddtpod.com. You can see the list as it currently stands at ddtwrestling.com forward slash the list. And, of course, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling. Send up some shekels. Send them. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, Chris Jericho is the greatest wrestler of all time. Feels good.